Well, a few weeks ago in our worship services, we asked, who am I? What makes me worthy? What is my purpose? And we asked these questions not in a vacuum, but in light of our status of as children of God. Through Isaiah 43 and remembering our baptism, we were assured once again that we are worthy because of the grace extended to us in our baptism, and we are beloved by God who calls us by name. We also talked about the real change that takes place in baptism. We die to our old ways and are born again by water and the Spirit, meaning we are actually changed from the inside out. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and incorporated into God's mighty, ongoing acts of salvation. In verse 13 of our passage today, Paul is reminding the church in Corinth of their baptism and of what actually happened in that moment. He says to them that at the time of their conversion and initiation into this community of faith, they were baptized into one body and made to drink of one spirit. We come to the water of baptism as individuals, independent, and relatively self-contained, but we come out of the water, we come away from the water, changed. Our identity is no longer only about us, but about the community that we have been born into, the body of Christ, the church. So this morning, we are going to consider the different unique gifts we have been given by the Holy Spirit in our baptism, and to acknowledge our individual roles in building up the body of Christ. We live in a world that from a young age places a lot of emphasis on people's individual individuality, or their talents, or their skills, and so from a young age, children are placed in different types of sports to see what they might be good at. Perhaps they try different forms of art, trying different instruments to see which one sticks. Then in school, we start to see which um, subjects the children will gravitate towards, and eventually this turns into hobbies and careers, because those are things that we can strengthen our skills and our talents. But spiritual gifts are something different. They're not the same as a talent or skill that perhaps you can hone and build up throughout your life. A spiritual gift is a grace that was given to you at your baptism. It's something that only comes from God, and it is a unique piece of the Spirit that lives within you, empowering you to use your deep passions to meet the world's great need. There are 20 spiritual gifts listed within the Pauline epistles to Rome, Ephesus, and Corinth. We read about seven of them this morning in our passage, but I'll tell you the whole list of them that has been affirmed in Scripture and held up since the first century church. The gifts are administration, apostleship, compassion, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, helping, interpretation of tongues, knowledge, leadership, miracles, prophecy, servanthood, shepherding, teaching, tongues, and wisdom. Now, some of these you might hear and think administration or leadership. You might think those are kind of general and wonder how they could connect back to faith, while others on here seem very obvious that they would be gifts of the Spirit. Well, in anticipation for today, 
and also as a response to today. In the newsletter last week, we sent out a link that has more information on all of these spiritual gifts. And there's also an inventory that you can take. It's an 80-question quiz, but it goes by really fast. I took it in about 10 minutes. You answer questions, and the answers range from never to always, and you click one of the bubbles. And these inventory, this inventory was put out by the United Methodist Church so that everyone could take this and start to understand more the specific and unique gifts that God has given them, these gifts of the Spirit. And while these spiritual gifts are given to individuals, and likely everyone in this room would have one that perhaps surprised them in their top three, they're given not only to the individual for the individual, but they're given to build up the body of the Christ as a whole. So these gifts we are supposed to use in a collective group. So when talking about the church and individuals' role in building up the body of Christ, Paul uses that metaphor, the body of Christ. And it has become one of the most popular ways to talk about the church because it's so helpful. I mean, the human body is one of the most complex and diverse organisms that we have on Earth. I mean, think about it. In one human body, there is 206 bones. There are around 78 organs. There are 100 trillion cells. There are 12 different systems, from skeletal to immune to digestive to muscular. There are five different senses that help a person understand the world and take in the world. And within the 60 seconds that I've been talking about the human body, our brains have processed 600 million bits of visual information. Our hair has grown. We've blinked around 15 times. We've breathed 10 to 20 times. We've shed 40,000 skin cells. Our hearts have beat 60 to 100 times, pumping 1.5 gallons of blood throughout our body. All this happens within 60 seconds and continues throughout the day without our awareness of it, without us willing it to happen. Our bodies are incredible machines that take many different things coming together for it to work as it should. Many times when we think about the body of Christ or we think about our body in general, we might think about our head, our hands, our back, our legs, whatever things we see, whatever's giving us pain. But how often do we think about, let's say, our left toe? When was the last time you thought about your left toe? Besides right now, of course. So I don't think about it often, but I'll tell you when I did. Early one morning a couple years ago, I was walking in the dark in our living room and rammed my baby toe into the foot of our ottoman. And i that is some of the worst pain I've been in in my life. My whole foot turned purple. I couldn't wear my shoes because my foot was so swollen. I couldn't put weight on it. Let me just say, that little toe got my attention. Or what about your clavicle, your collarbone? I mean, how often do we think about a collarbone? I actually had to look up what a collarbone does, and it connects your shoulders to your sternum. You know, I've never hurt my collarbone, but I think there's someone in here today who knows how painful it is if that clavicle is not in one piece functioning as it should. 
someone in the earlier service said too that she has grown to appreciate even more the sense of smelling and taste as she still cannot since COVID. Paul understands the human body not as a hierarchical system, but as a collection of various parts coming together to be the whole. He knows that there are some parts that seem more obviously important because perhaps they are visible or they are giving us pain. But in this analogy, we see that even the smaller or seemingly insignificant parts are intimately connected and needed for the body to work as it was designed to work. In verse 27, Paul returns to the idea of spiritual gifts in the context of the church community, and he says plainly to this church, as if they couldn't understand what he was saying by this metaphor, he says, you, plural, are the body of Christ. The Greek pronoun here is an emphatic one that draws attention to the collective identity of the congregation, a congregation endowed with a large variety of spiritual gifts. He goes on to pose those rhetorical questions. Are all apostles? Do all perform miracles? Do all interpret? Of course not. Just as bodies depend on many various different parts, so too does the church, the body of Christ. We each have been given unique and valuable gifts that will reflect God's diverse majesty in the world. This metaphor offers rich possibilities for reflection on how churches function as people come together for worship, for fellowship, for learning. Consider all of the people that we have installed today, all the leaders listed on the back of your bulletin. Where would we be without people who lead our administrative board? Where would we be without those who help us by going to annual conference? Where would we be without those persons gifted with wisdom and discernment who call us and tell us when someone is sick or needs prayer? Where would we be without those people who are gifted with compassion, who reach out and care for the neediest in our community? Where would we be without our gifted Bible teachers? It really is incredible and humbling to think that God has given each of us a piece of the Spirit, a gift of the Spirit that lives within us. For the church to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world, we each must be willing to use that gift. Around Christmas time every year, we talk about gifts and how if you don't open the gift, then you can't really use it. Or even if you open it and you know what your spiritual gifts are, but you don't do anything to put them into action to work that muscle, Again, you kind of wonder what the purpose is. For Paul, diversity in the body of Christ is not just a nice ideal to work towards. Rather, it is essential. God has arranged the human body as interdependent on each other, and so too God has designed the church that way. So we need all of you. Perhaps you don't know what your spiritual gift is, or perhaps you're thinking, I may not have one. Well, let me just say that is not true. Everyone has been given at least one spiritual gift. So again, I encourage you to go back and look at that inventory. Leanne sent it out again this morning in the worship email. It's on our social media. It's in our newsletter. Because when you take it, then you can begin to ask God, how can I use this gift to help mobilize and build up the body of Christ in the world? 
The last thing I want us to consider today is what is the body of Christ supposed to do? So the first step for us as individuals is to learn and understand what gifts God has given us individually. And then we come together as a community, as Ashland Place United Methodist Church, and we see where our unique gifts might be valuable or useful or helpful to help the body of Christ come to life right here in Mobile. So let's think back to what the actual body of Christ did when Jesus was on earth, and perhaps that'll get our wheels turning about what the body of Christ metaphor is supposed to do. Jesus healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he ate with sinners, and he loved the outcast. Jesus was welcoming and inhospitable to Jews and Gentiles, to men and women, to slaves and free, to children and adults. Jesus rejected the evil powers of this world. He renounced oppression and hate. He taught people about the new commandments of God and showed them what God's love looked like in action. Jesus baptized and made disciples, and Jesus extended mercy, compassion, and forgiveness, sharing in the sorrows and joys of people until his final breath. This is a high standard to hold ourselves to, but one that we should aim towards as the body of Christ, the church. With the Spirit of God in us and among us, we can be the hands and feet of Christ, carrying out the work that Jesus began long ago. As you've seen through our installation today, there are many places that you can use your gifts in this congregation. But also know that those spiritual gifts are not just for Sunday they're not just for within the walls of this church. Those spiritual gifts are to go with you, to guide you, to lead you, to sustain you in everything you do. They are your God-given piece of the divine, leading you to be who God has called you to be. When we can fully trust and live into our full, authentic, God-made selves, we will see the body of Christ coming more clearly into picture every day and be able to be a mirror pointing people back towards God. So may we each discover the gifts that God has given us and use them to help build up the body of Christ in our corner of the world. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.